And when you say the name Jacob Blake, make sure you say father, make sure you say cousin, make sure you say son, make sure you say uncle, but most importantly, make sure you say human. Human life. Let it marinate in your mouth, in your minds. A human life, just like every single one of y'all and everywhere around the world, we're human. And his life matters. So many people have reached out to me telling me they're sorry that this happened to my family. Well, don't be sorry, because this has been happening to my family for a long time, longer than I can account for. It happened to Emmett Till. Mm. Emmett Till is my family. Mm. Philando, Mike Brown, mm. Sandra. This has been happening to my family. And I've shared tears for every single one of these people that it's happened to. Finally, I thought of Ali in the middle of the yard. It is elder years drawing from his victories and his losses. At that moment, I realized something new about this, the greatness of Ali and how he carried his crown. I realized that he was transferring something to me on that day. He was transferring the spirit of the fighter in me. He was, he was transferring the spirit of the fighter to me. He was transferring the spirit of the fighter to me. Sometimes you need to feel the pain and sting of defeat to activate the real passion and purpose that God predestined inside of you. What's up, everybody? This is not the weekly episode of the Socially Distant Podcast. This is a very special edition of it. Um, probably not special, but I guess another bonus episode kind of like the one we did before obviously it's not uh in the best of circumstances but you know it's an important we, conversation yeah definitely have. an important conversation to have uh today you might hear a familiar voice of course a friend to the show we got colin here what's going on my guy how you doing bro thanks for having me again yeah so today i brought colin here because you know colin is well versed in this type of stuff, you know. Obviously, another black man, so you know, he kind of can, you know, he lives the same life that I do, pretty much. And um, today, we're just gonna be talking about like um, where we stand as far as race relations, uh, and since pretty much, I guess, the beginning, really, mm-hmm. <laughs> since before the beginning. Yeah, since yeah, <laughs> since before the beginning of the U.S., I guess, um, and everything that's been going on as of late uh especially now when awareness is kind of heightened because we're in the house still pretty much like we still basically on quarantine Mm -hmm. even though things have started like lightening up like if something happens everybody's attention is going to go to it because the world isn't open yet exactly yeah but before we get into it i do just want to send uh uh, my condolences, my condolences to the Bozeman family, mm-hmm. um, because obviously we lost uh, Chadwick Bozeman, an amazing actor, mm-hmm. um, amazing person from what it looked like to me. Like obviously, as a normal 
human being. You you don't know these people. Um, obviously, you don't know these people. So you just know what you kind of see from the outside looking in. And Chadwick kind of seemed like this great dude, great spirit. Um, he He was one of the more important actors, I would say, uh, especially as a young black guy, kind of, looking at him playing all these iconic figures like Jackie Robinson, James Brown, Thurgood Marshall, and even like the Black Panther. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So those are all roles that you can look at and kind of take inspiration from. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was one of the few... Um, we had one of the very few black superheroes right. in all of movies, comics, TV shows. There, there really aren't any. And he was being that representation for all of the, the boys and girls across the world, across the United States that look like us. Uh, and I remember I was seeing, I was scrolling through Twitter and, um, I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you have seen the the gif of the kid dancing on the chair. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was like, and then they showed where it came from, and it was like a I bunch. I didn't know where it came from either. Yeah, it, so f- it comes from this school that is given like free tickets to see the Black Panther, and right. it's like all of them dancing and going crazy. It's like one of the most yeah. iconic gifs. Like you probably see it all the time, yeah, of just definitely. like being excited, and so. It's the shows like that impact where we didn't even, I didn't even know that's what it was from. And it still has, you know, yeah, impact like, in culture I think today. His impact is going to be, uh, you know, long lasting. But I'm going to preface like how important Black Panther was. Mm-hmm. So growing up, you, you know, we didn't really have black superheroes. Like the first time we saw a black superhero on the big screen was Blade. Mm-hmm. And really, that wasn't like a big like oh it's just a black superhero thing like it was just it was just blade like it was just wesley snipes because wesley snipes was hot back in the 80s and the 90s so that's what that was like Mm -hmm. it was really i would say it was culturally significant because he is kind of the reason uh that you know superhero movies work and then i think it got more personal for me when static shot came out you remember that. Yeah. Like, he was just, like, a, a young kid. Uh, you know, he kind of came from the same kind of circumstances that I did, at least I can say, like, you know, middle-class kid, um, going to school, all that. It shows that, you know, yeah. black people come from different areas. Yeah. It's not you know just I mean? the... Uh, definitely a positive representation of a young black man. Um, but then, really, I think you fast forward like almost a decade and a half uh you get black panther mm-hmm. and i know you haven't seen it <laughs> yeah i'm one of the probably five uh black people in the entire united states haven't seen it yet um yeah. but I, I do plan on seeing it very soon right so you get to black panther and it's like a cultural phenomenon like it i feel like i had nothing to do with this movie but like i feel like I had everything to do with this movie. You know what I mean? Like, it was just so significant to me. Like, I see I see this guy on the screen just being unapologetically black, and everything in the movie is unapologetically black. You, mm-hmm. see, you see Wakanda and, you know, everything like that. And basically, it showed that, uh, you know, 
kind of exaggerated everything, but like it showed that Africa wasn't just this third world everything, you know. Africa is a very culturally diverse, culturally rich place where, you know, there's just so much greatness. And I, I think that that really showcased it. And I always made the joke all the time that um, the Black Panther was actually the the least interesting character in the movie. But he was great in mm-hmm. the role. You know, I, I feel as though everything about that movie was necessary. Yeah, I, th- I think that while I, I didn't personally see the movie yet, um, it had a huge cultural impact. In, what was it, 2018? 2018. That's all people would talk about. Right. Like, uh, it was it was all about Wakanda. It was all about every, right. like every You would see everyone with their hands across their, their, their chest. chest in the X. Like, that's all it was. Um, it showed how big of an impact just one movie like when you think like ain't, ain't nobody was like doing no like like captain america a like yeah, no signs when the avengers come captain out because it's like it's like a, it's a regular movie like there's right. millions of different white superheroes there's one black real panther. black one there's one black panther like the only other i would say a close second he doesn't even have his own movies frozone an animated black character yeah <laughs> like, that's true like he like that's the the next biggest like black superhero and he's not even a real superhero and he doesn't even have his own movie he so doesn't. it's it's like it shows how big of a an impact it has because yeah ton this is it's going to live on forever and and his role um really expands on it and like, and like you kind of see it like all right so now black kids you know I grew up, my favorite superhero was Mm Spider-Man. And now, obviously, Spider-Man didn't look like me or anything like that. But you see these black kids now, they they can gravitate to like, oh, I want to be like Mm T'Challa because that's my guy. You know what I mean? Like, he looks like me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just think that that was so important. And, you know, Chadwick, he, he takes on these roles and really kind of becomes that character Mm -hmm. or that that person that historical figure that he's you know portraying like you couldn't tell me that that man wasn't uh jackie robinson when when i saw 42 you couldn't tell me that he wasn't thoroughgood marshall like he embodied these roles it's kind of it's kind of like how denzel played malcolm x Mm -hmm. i don't want to go and say like it's the same exact thing but it's damn close. He did a very good job of being who the character is. And 100%. you can you really felt like you're not like you're not just watching a movie, you're part of a world and because their the exactly. acting was so good. And what what was crazy for me is the fact that he was doing most of this, if not all of this, through stage four colon cancer for the past what like, four years. Cancer is crazy like he never brought it up. Never brought it up. We never knew. And you could kind of see it, but like you would just kind of pass it off like, oh, he probably just that skinny for another role or mm-hmm. whatever. Because you never know what somebody's going through in their yeah. personal life. And the fact that he didn't say it and he was doing all these all these movies, um, especially like the Marvel movies, they, they take a toll on your body because mm-hmm. being, being an action star, an action hero playing in an action movie is... is it's almost, if not more, physically demanding than playing a sport at a high level. 
because you got to do stunts. You got to train. You, and then you shoot. And then when you're shooting, you're probably doing like, I don't know how many takes, but it's always more than one. You know what yeah. I mean? So you're doing, you might be doing these stunts like 20 times, you know, and he's doing that with cancer in the, in the midst of going through chemo sessions. Mm-hmm. It could take like for, I'm not an actor, but it, it, yeah, it can take 20, 30 takes to get a scene that's only like five, 10 seconds long. Yeah. And so it's like, dang, we, we did all this shooting and it took hours and hours, days, maybe even weeks to get this like 10 seconds right. And that's only 10 seconds of a movie that lasts two and a half hours. Exactly. And you're doing it over and over again. So yeah, it can take a, a long time to be doing this. And just like you said, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's almost like you're a professional athlete with what you're doing with this stuff. So yeah, like the the the, it's crazy just to see how committed he was to taking on these roles at such a trying time in his life, and we never knew about it. Um, he was also going to visit, you know, kids in the pediatric ward that's going through the same thing as him. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what was going on either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it's an incredible story of strength. Um, I was tearing up when I saw a picture of him with Kobe Bryant from right. earlier on the For year. Sure. I was like, damn, like to to see these two icons in not just the black community, but in the community as a whole and knowing that they were both taken away from us in a pretty similar time frame in the grand scheme of things was uh was just was hard to watch it was it was definitely not not easy but r.i.p man he was a fantastic actor and it seems like a great person in general definitely um so i think that's a good place to leave off Mm. uh and we can kind of transition into what you know we're really here to talk about Mm -hmm. and uh that is the events in kenosha wisconsin Mm mm-hmm um, I think you definitely like read into it a lot, so um, you can kind of give a little background. Yeah. So, um, for if people want to look at what I'm what I'm reading, I read this from uh, what is it, the Wall Street Journal. Uh, right. So, if somebody wants to, whoever's listening is like, hey, let's make sure like what's going on. That that's where I was getting my stuff from. Uh, and then I got a couple other a couple other citations here. But so what was this? This was August twenty fifth. So five days ago from when we were recording at around 5.13 p.m., uh, officers were called uh, to a house where it was said that there were uh, three women that were having a, an argument, disagreement. And um, this was also the same house of Jacob Blake. And so he was barbecuing with his family. I believe he had three kids, like three, five, and eight. Yep. Yeah, young kids, definitely. Yeah, so really young, young kids. The officer, the first officer comes on the scene, and um, there was a, a disagreement. That he believed that Jacob Blake wasn't supposed to be there. Um, they have a disagreement. He actually tries to take his keys away from him, uh, Jacob Blake's keys away from him. Two other officers then come onto the scene two minutes later, so at 5.15. Um, they're trying to restrain Jacob Blake, and he's not having any of it. He's like, I'm going on my way, like, I'm going to leave. Right. So. As he should. As he should. He's, yeah, he's, he hasn't, he hadn't been arrested um, for anything. They weren't there for him. So that's, that's an important, important yeah. thing. And so he's leaving, going to his car. First officer tries to shoot him with a stun gun. 
doesn't work. Next officer attempts to shoot him with a taser, um, doesn't work. And then he's getting into his car. One officer is holding back his T-shirt. He goes in to try to get into it. Um, and uh, that's when, I can't remember the officer's name. I think it's Rustin Shesky. Yeah, yeah he's uh, says he was a seven-year veteran, so he, apparently he should have known better. Um, shoots they never him. do. Of course not. It seems like your, the amount of years you've been here doesn't doesn't mean anything. But he then shoots him in the back seven, seven times time. in front of his three children. Um, luckily, at this moment, it seems like he's still alive. Yeah. Jacob Blake's still alive. He went to the hospital. He's, unfortunately, it looks like he's probably going to be paralyzed. And um, I did see somewhere like today. that he is awake. Yeah. And he did like speak to his dad, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you just kind of took away... A, a man's ability to like kind of live really mm-hmm. even though he's alive like i'm don't get me i'm glad he's alive 100 yeah. percent. but like you kind of you took away his ability to walk and and run around play with his kids for what because just because he was a black dude yeah there was the, it's it's really disappointing for me because in in my mind there shouldn't like the these issues shouldn't be happening right Especially when you see that there's all the like racial tension is already at an, not an all time high, but is as highest as it's been for a while. Right. And so to go to, um, you know, shooting an individual seven times is just like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm thinking there are three of you, you're three grown men right. and you can't like contain or whatever you need to do. And in like person. one person, they didn't. I, this is my thing. I I strongly believe they didn't want to. I think they tried to say, "Oh, we couldn't restrain them, uh, just so they can get to the point where they could shoot them." I I believe that because I think it. There's a common theme in all these uh, murders from the police. Like it's, oh, like he was resisting arrest or whatever. But if it's it's three and it's always multiple cops, mm-hmm. it's three of y'all. And it didn't take two of y'all to use the methods that y'all were trained to use to uh, get them restrained and and calm down or whatever so everybody could get on about their business, everybody get back to their family, whatever. He was just being a good citizen trying to break up whatever was needed to be broken up. And also another problem I have is we got to stop getting to a point where... People are looking for justifications as to why this shit happens because you don't know how many times I I saw like people saying, oh, well, maybe he shouldn't have been resisting arrest. Oh, he had a knife in his car. He had priors. First of all, fact check yourself. I don't they weren't there for him. They weren't there to arrest him. I can't speak to a previous criminal record because I don't know. But still. And even if you did even have if a criminal, you did, what is, they didn't know at the time. Yeah, they so don't know. So at that time, you're just a re- you're an innocent you, guy. You're a civilian. Know. You're a civilian. And you're still trying to justify this. But I've seen... And then these justifications, and I quote justifications, they always kind of fall flat on their face because you see these same instances with white men and they, they mouthing off resisting arrest uh being disrespectful 
and they never, they never, we never see them lose their life over it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I, I want to see it happen to anybody, mm-hmm. but I'm saying it shouldn't happen. Yeah, with it's, the person a, it's a there's a double standard. If you can do, if you can resist a person, or right. if you, not resist, if you can apprehend an individual mm-hmm. like a, a white man, you can apprehend him and you know calm the situation down in the way that you're actually trained. Right. Then why can't you also do that exact same thing with with a, with a black man? Exactly. And <laughs> I feel like we are in the same place we were three months ago when when the whole George Floyd thing happened. Um, I I still don't think that we got like full justice for that. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously the the process is playing out legally or whatever so i'm sure they probably can't really speak on it but from the outside looking in i'm not seeing like enough uh pressure being applied to that situation same thing with brianna taylor like i think that you know the worst thing about the brianna taylor thing what so the uh, attorney general uh, i think it is is a black man that should be that should have prosecuted uh he actually spoke at the The rnc yeah so that (laughs) I was going to bring that up because I think that was the moment when I realized she it's not going to be any justice for Brianna. And mm-hmm. I, I hate to say it. I I really do hate to say that, but I, I saw a picture of him yeah, standing right next him to him standing right above Trump and I'm not going to lie to you. You seen Django before, right? Uh yeah. And it it looked exactly like the picture of Samuel L standing mm-hmm. right above Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. In Django, so we're not gonna get justice. Yeah, in that it's situation. that's why I'm just. It, it's so upsetting because I'm. I think of it like this: like, just look at it at a human level. Like, I don't want people to be shot. No, like they're unless unless you've done something that deserves of being of of being shot. Like, you're trying to like, hey, you're trying to kill my family. You're trying to hurt my like. Unless there's something like that, like. I don't want like these innocent people to die. Like, right. it, like people are like giving these excuses, like, "Oh, well, Brianna Taylor was dating a drug dealer, so you shouldn't have done that." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" First of all, like, fact checking on that, she wasn't dating a oh, drug dealer. No, the drug dealer was her ex boyfriend. Okay, and apparently they tried to go into her house, which was across town, mind you, mm-hmm. because they thought she may have had some sort of connection to him. Still, even though they weren't, going. even though okay. they weren't together. And she lived across town from him with her new boyfriend, who definitely didn't have any connection to anything. Okay. And while she was asleep, all right, we, we all know the story. So yeah. it's like, so I I must have missed that because there's so many freaking things going on in this world. It was that must have slipped. But e- either way, whether whether because I'm sure there's probably a situation where yeah. even that is the case. It's like I I don't want that person to yeah, die. You don't want them to die. How do you how do you justify? And you can't even justify that situation yeah. at all. That that's like you can't justify any of this shit, to yeah. be honest. And then everybody's like, "Oh, we want to back the blue. Blue lives matter." And that's how I know that all this shit is coded in racism. Because if your retort to Black Lives Matter is Blue Lives Matter or or All Lives Matter, then you are admitting you're admitting your bias mm-hmm. because. Nobody fucking says like all cancers matter at a breast cancer rally. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's not it's not a thing. You know what I mean? It's so it it hurts me because it's like 
we're, when people are saying Black Lives Matter, yeah, it's because we feel, or that we are, not just feel, we are yeah. undervalued in the society. We've Definitely. seen videos and videos and videos of people that look like us being abused by this system that claims to be protecting us. And it's not. I'm saying it claims. So I'm saying we're like when you see police officers that are, you know, attacking and, and, mm-hmm. and killing black people and not just police officers, but people in general. then it's like we're saying, hey, our lives matter because we see that it doesn't clearly in this system and people are like oh well all all lives all lives matter it's like right. we're not saying that all lives don't matter we're saying that you don't value ours and we our lives need to be valued just as much yeah. as anyone else in this country so with the whole police shooting thing right let me let me bring up something that you know the those kind of people may uh, may understand i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of bring it up in a constitutional context okay so i can explain it to you know the people who think blue lives matter and in america you know the americans who think that america is the end-all be-all right got you so the constitution says you have the right to due process mm-hmm. a fair speedy trial uh you're exempt from cruel and unusual punishment right but whenever a police officer shoots an unarmed black person you taking their right you're taking their right away from uh, cruel and unusual punishment. If there is an issue there, then you're taking away the right to due process in a speedy trial. You're 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 not letting the legal process go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like cops are always so quick to draw their gun, and I just don't. Yeah. I- how do you how do you fix the system that wasn't meant for us in the first place? Because when they drafted when they drafted the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and and even the Articles of Confederation, all that shit, it wasn't for us. Mm-hmm. They were like, all men are created equal. All white men that are own property, equal. not just yeah, yeah. Because when when these documents were drafted, um, we were still in the fields. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh. So the way that I got to see it when people are like, what are some solutions? So. Uh, I wait, when people are like, "Hey, we gotta, um, you know, abolish the the police system." Like, I'm trying to look at it realistically. I don't, I don't see that happening. Like, I don't see a police system getting abolished. So, if we're gonna, so I'm trying to say, how are we gonna live within the system? Like, if we're looking at, hey, we have the police. How can we make the police better than what they are today? That's what I'm I'm looking at because I think that's a, a realistic thing that can be done within all communities. Uh, I think of two things, and that's training and vetting. Uh, I right. think that there's if you have people that you can you can look into their their past and you see there might have been some some sketchy things that they have done and right. hey like hey this person you know has some anger issues well, maybe they shouldn't be a police officer yeah. <laughs> or if you see um you should be having training like fairly consistently i know that it's i think it's like even some current police officers today have mentioned like hey we do our testing in the beginning we do it once and that's it it's like you're telling me you don't continue to work on these hostile like situations where you know like it's life or death like for anyone involved like you don't constantly work on that like i think i think it's all like this by design you know what i mean (laughs) like they they know that these people may not be the best suited people they know that I feel like a lot of people become become cops. You know, it's obviously different reasons for people wanting to be police officers. Obviously, you know, there probably are some that want to actually uh, protect and serve or mm-hmm. whatever. But 
a lot of them are undereducated uh, people who who really don't have the best of temperaments um, are not used to dealing with different groups of people and they get put into a situation to where they they're not used to being in they're not comfortable with it and all their biases and and prejudices are kind of now at the forefront Mm -hmm. and it happens too often i wouldn't so i wouldn't go as far as saying most um i know of many good police officers that they want to join the force because they want to make things better um i think it's a smaller amount but that are actually in it for the wrong reasons. Uh, I came, there was a individual that I um, encountered that was, he was like, yeah, I was a former, uh, former police officer. And if you think that doing this, you know, saying all this black lives matter stuff's going to get equality, like, no, they don't want any of that. And I'm like, well, you're clearly racist and hateful. And you said you've been on the police force for 13 years. You shouldn't be clearly. That's the issue. And I think that there are a few, a few of them and, I think the few that there are is too many because uh, I believe many of the many police officers are good ones. But whereas I think that there's ones that are genuinely good and then there's a lot that are just complacent. And I think that's the issue where there are people that, hey, I see that you that you like the ones that like the other George Floyd cops, like what there's the one that killed George Floyd and then the three that watched the three that watched. I think if you're complacent in that act, you're just as bad as that one. that. I think that uh, so the majority of the police force is the complacent are the complacent that's what i'm I'm saying you got to move that people that are complacent with the acts happening because i guess the cops they got like this 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 network uh they they protect each other no matter what even whether you're right or wrong or Mm -hmm. indifferent they'll they'll, they're gonna protect you they're gonna go to bat for each other which i think is you know is very fucked up because whenever a situation happens you get an internal affairs investigation. And for people who don't know what internal affairs is, it's really just cops investigating other cops. So obviously, they not going to find anything wrong. Yeah, mess with, with what, they what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like uh, you can't have, you can't expect someone to self-monitor and then be like, oh yeah, no, our system's wrong. Like, that's not yeah. going to happen. It's, like when, gonna... it's like when uh, companies, like they want to get you know, like, hey, we need to see what our employees think of our, yeah. you know, our role. They don't have the managers of those companies doing that audit or whatever. They have outside forces. So yeah, it I was can be just fair. about to say when like a, a Fortune 500 company got like, they say they have shady business practices and then they do like an internal audit of the books. Of course, of course, they're going to find a way to like maneuver some yeah. shit within the the company's books to... To say, oh yeah, no, we we got no wrongdoing here. The mm-hmm. SEC doesn't need to get involved. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then an outside source comes in, and it's like, oh wow, all of a sudden there's all these things that we just so happen to not find. Yeah, it's just, it's the same Fam, thing. What is this? <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing with the with the police force. Just in, instead of it being money, you're dealing with people's lives, and that's and it's even worse because right. what you're doing if you're not because I uh, you don't even want to get into the police, the you know the prison system because that will yeah. make me mad. But the prison um, system is a whole. It's just legal slavery. 
yes and it's like you're you're claiming that you want to rehabilitate these people so when they come out they'll be productive you know, members, productive members of societies but you treat them like animals in a cage yeah. like stop telling me that you're trying to help these people so let me let me ask you a question mm-hmm. um with quarantine with all the racial uh unrest civil unrest going on man mm-hmm. um from one black man to another how how's your mental space in all this because i know uh me personally i haven't been you know doing the greatest with all this stuff that's going on so i wanted to see how you were yeah so um i've been doing all right and the reason i think that is because i had a pretty traumatic experience when i was younger with a family member um that was taken by by violence and so that kind of changed my mindset on the way that i look at these things uh so it's it's like i know how to kind of react and compartmentalize like my feelings because i've gone through this on a personal level um so it's like i see it again and i'm like i'm heartbroken i'm like i can't put myself through that pain again because i went through it at a younger age but um it's like how I'm feeling. So I'm feeling more upset that we keep going through these things. And it's like, we, we, what's the definite, the definition of an insanity, like doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yep. That's what I feel like we're doing right now. Where it's like, people are like, Oh yeah. Like maybe things will change. Be like, mate, hopefully this will be the last, you know, this will be the last. No, no it's not. There's going to be in a month from now. Maybe by the time this comes out, there's going to be some violence. Unfortunately. I saw, I saw something that since George Floyd, there hasn't been a day where the cops didn't kill somebody. I wouldn't be surprised. That's just not how you should police any area. Like the, your gun should be your last resort. <sighs> yes. Like, and, and I'm sure they tell you that in training too. Yeah. In other countries, this isn't as much of an issue because they're, they treat their other non-lethal um, forces as ones that you should actually go to. And the only reason you're brandishing your right. weapon is if that is, unless your direct life is being threatened. In the UK, they don't even have guns. Yeah, Honestly, I, mean, I, I commend that more than I commend our police because they're so quick to draw their gun when they're not in any real, you know, danger, but, uh, the police over there, they could potentially be in danger because they just going in there with a nightstick and whatever else is on their belt. Cause they don't have a gun. Mm-hmm. But, um, back to my, I just, I just feel like we keep on going through the same thing over and over and I keep on seeing it. And it's, and it's, and it's traumatic to see because yeah. like, it's just like wow, like, and, and it also makes me kind of look back on, on, on some things in my life. I was like, wow, like, I was in a situation where I had to run from cops before, and I'm like, all right, so that was fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking back on it, because could have been they could have they could have drew their gun, mm-hmm. and then I would have been another hashtag. And they would have been like, oh, no, but he was running away from the cops. Why was he doing that? What was he doing that made him run away? Mm-hmm. I was at a I was at a fucking house party like yeah. that. I wasn't supposed, obviously that I wasn't supposed to be at. But, mm-hmm. you know, I remember I was talking to a few of my white friends about just how we're taught different things growing up. Right. I remember my mom very specifically telling me when I was getting my license, she was like, this is what you do when you get pulled over. Because you're a black man in society, you need to put your hands on the steering wheel 
and listen to whatever the police officer says yeah. and have your license and registration out and don't do any sudden movements and say yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am because since you you are all, you are a black man you are already put at a disadvantage right. so it's you need to do exactly what they say keep your hands where you can see them and I was telling this to my my wife friends they're like yeah that wasn't what I was I was told at this up. point at this point like once you get into an interaction with the cops like your only goal is I just want to get home. Mm-hmm. That's 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 all you're thinking, and you shouldn't you shouldn't really have to think like that. Like this this interaction could be my last interaction mm-hmm. in life. Like, and that's 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 anxiety inducing. Like, even when I just like drive by a cop. Oh like, yeah, I'm like shit. Check. Let me check my what what, what right. speed am I going? Like, yeah, and like you slow down abruptly. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like different. You turn your music down. Like. I've seen my white friends talk to police officers before, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you say that? I'm like, that's how you, that's how you speak, and I'm just like, yeah. And talking, talking to police officers is kind of like, well, talking for me, talking to like white police officers because I have had like a close up encounter with them too, when I like couldn't run, you know what I mean? I was like, it's kind of, it's kind of dehumanizing because they talk to you like, like shit, like you, like you're less than. You know what I mean? Because they're in the power position and they yeah. know it. So like, what they get like some sort of pleasure of you know talking to people crazy and and being disrespectful and rude. I I don't know, but like, it's it's just a lot. And you know me, I'm a person who tries to be positive about everything. But this is just one of those things. Like, you just got to see it for what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's um. I think there needs to be a lot of different reform going into the current police state or what, whatever it's going to be next. Cause if, if we just, uh, if we just keep it how it is like, Hey, police, Hey, you know what? You're just going to keep having the same amount of like funds. You're going to have the same amount of idea of what else is, what it's going to be. You're exactly. going to be doing that same stuff. It's going to, we're going to have the same results. And unless we do something different, which is drastically reforming the police as they are and hopefully um we can see that after what november 4th or whatever yeah definitely um i think it does start with um voting but not just for president uh obviously stuff obviously we got a dickhead in office we don't even got to get into that Mm -hmm. like at this point i feel like you're part of the problem if you still find a way to like support him or pick out reasons that uh pick and choose reasons why he's you know he's been he's been okay or he's done more than previous presidents whatever i just think you're being complacent in the problem um and you're adding to it really Mm. um but it does start on the local level holding your uh local officials accountable for for these things because if we're being honest like all the changes all the legislation that happens on Capitol Hill in Washington, how much does it really affect what's going on in Collins' life or Gibbs' life? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It really, it really doesn't. You know what I mean? That's the biggest misconception I think about the presidency where they think it's like exactly what he does is going to change. Like it's going to fill the potholes down my street. It's going to make the police officers better. It's, it doesn't change. It changes in those local elections. And so often 
No one knows what those people are or who they stand for. Sometimes people are going unopposed. Like exactly. you can, like people don't realize you literally vote in who your sheriff is. I believe it's like your, yeah, your you state vote sheriff. For your sheriff. And usually if the sheriff been, been there for like 20 years and they run unopposed, there is no term limit for that. Yeah. Stuff. There's no term limit, but you still gotta, I think you should know like what these people's views are and, mm-hmm. and how they go and run the office once they get into it. Because mm-hmm. you're, your city, your city controller, or like your town controller, is probably the most important person to you, as far as how you live on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like your mayor. I mean, it might not seem like a big deal because you know we come from a small town where it's small. Everybody like knows each other, type thing. You know what I mean? And it's one of those type things, but it is important. Yeah, it's it's probably even more important when you have a smaller town because that means your vote counts for even more. Exactly. Like in the in the presidential election, your vote is one of what I don't know how many people we have, like five hundred million. I don't know. Yeah. Not all of us vote anyway. Sadly, maybe like a hundred million. Yeah, whatever like it is. That. Like you're one in one hundred million in your town when you're voting for your mayor. You're, you're one of like ten thousand. Yeah, maybe less. Maybe, maybe one of five. Mm-hmm. So your vote means a whole hell of a lot. Exactly. And if you look into who you those met, like who the running made it, like the two different parties or however many parties it right. is, you can say like, oh man, like this person says that they're going to completely overhaul the police department and cause they're, they're the mayor and they, they're the ones that calls that shot. And Education. Like, exactly. That all that, all that stuff matters. Like I, it's I all think smaller it, level stuff. It starts with education. I was I was watching somebody and I don't know who said it, but they said that if you start at a young age teaching, you know, diversity, teaching black history and and everything like that, racism could technically be eradicated within one or two generations because once you learn whatever you need to learn from a young age and they have that foundation then they grow up mm-hmm. and these are the people that's like now okay we're calling the shots now so one two three generations later boom it's really not a problem anymore yeah yeah i'm interested to see how that works because while there are still people like i mean you've seen them that are our yeah. age that are pretty hateful i think there are a yeah. lot more people now yeah. than there are that are current adults that are you know they're for their they recognize the issues that racism has yeah. or they you know treat people the way that they actually want to be treated and are more progressive with these ideas and so i'm hoping that that's gonna start becoming the case right. because we're we're getting there where we're adults i know a couple of my friends they they're having they're getting married they're about to have kids right yeah, which is crazy. crazy to me that's definitely <laughs> crazy to me so it's like i think that we're starting to get to that position where we're almost like um able to call those shots we're not quite the vice president of a company yet but you know some people might be managers or about to take that role so i think that we have an opportunity to really i just want to say one thing about this before we move on to Mm -hmm. the whole kyle rittenhouse shit because that's like a whole nother topic Mm -hmm. but i just want to say that none of this should be politicized like when Mm -hmm. you say when you say black lives matter or you know trans lives matter whatever right when you say shit like that that's not political that's like that's basic human Human. shit like you should you should be like yeah you know what black lives do matter instead of saying like 
oh, MAGA, MAGA, or Blue Lives Matter. Like, that shouldn't be met with that. Like, it shouldn't be met with, why are you talking politics? I'm not talking politics. I'm talking basic human rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's annoying because... I just like my my end goal and like really black like if you said like hey what what do black people want like just don't mess with us yeah like like that's literally For Black real. Lives Matter is saying just please quit fucking with us we just want to live our life like that's it like 100%. I don't want I don't want to be scared like when a police officer pulls me over I don't want to like think that you know I might get you know somebody might shoot me while I'm walking like we don't, I don't want any of that stuff I just want to worry about my own life that's all like like even <laughs> even during Jim Crow. You know what I mean? Black people, we had our own things going on. You know what I mean? So we were thriving as much as we could in those times and under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. We we had our own neighborhoods, our, our own economy pretty much. And then every time you, you would see us kind of start to level out the playing field, that's when people would was come it, in. Like and the ruin. Black Wall the Street? The Black Wall Street in Tulsa. That's, the, that's mm-hmm. the biggest example. And there's other there were other like even small there's some in towns. philadelphia did you yeah. hear so oh geez uh if you didn't know this um this was um 1950s 1960s i have to look up my exact facts so uh, i might want to take a look at it but there was a um there was like a a fire in a factory out in philadelphia in like the 50s or 60s um near upper darby and um like there were, it was like a black, it was like a black factory workshop and, um, they were, there was a fire in there and they were all trying to leave because there's a fire in the building and like the, like white, like not firefighters, but like white people in the community, like boarded the doors down, didn't let them leave. They all wow. burned to death. Now you have to check. I'm, I'm like not, I'm pretty, like, I remember my dad telling me about that story. Yeah, stuff like that happened all over the place too like mm-hmm. five people being burned in buildings like i it was somewhere in the south where they locked a bunch of black kids in a in a school i think and and burned it to the ground the, the church in selma got blown up mm-hmm. we all know how that played out so it happens like we just we just don't want to be bothered we just want to yeah. this is this is pure purely just us living it's our like, lives just worry and, about your own self i'll and, worry about my own yeah. self i knew it <laughs> Of course, of course it happened. I knew it. Of course it happened. I, I, I was telling Colin before we started that I'm not going to get a phone call today. It's every time. It's every time. Back to back. Back to back. Every time it happens without fail. But I'm just saying. Just don't bother us. Just Yeah, we just we don't won't bother, bother you. So. I guess moving on to the whole Kyle Rittenhouse situation, like right. he came to Kenosha from Illinois yeah. uh, with an assault rifle uh, and ended up murdering three people that uh, were murdering out. two um, severely injured one. Uh, okay, so he shot three. Yeah, and he shot murdered three. two people go that over were protesting. Like yeah, over the Jacob Blake incident. Yeah, so this was. Um, what was this the 29th so a few days later i think yeah because it was last night or no, two days ago it was it was sometime over the weekend it was like i think it was like during this week that it okay happened. yeah it was some yeah it was some, so it was sometime after this jacob blake story that we had talked about and so there's this kid named kyle rittenhouse 17 years old from illinois he went to this um the protest in the that was in the town that jacob blake was killed uh kenosha wisconsin 
Apparently, he's a lifeguard uh, in that state, which is the reason that he was there right. because he was coming off of work. Um, and he had his his gun, AR-15 style rifle, and he went to the protest, um, claiming that he wants to defend the businesses from protesters. And so we saw the vi- the pictures on Twitter of him oh, scrubbing off the whatever right. the, the stuff. And so that that's what he that's what he claimed was the reason that he was there. So. Um, we don't know exactly what happened yet. By the time this comes out, we may have more information, but at right. this time, this is what's going on. So he's, so it's 1145. He's standing outside of a gas station and I, w- either someone antagonized, this is where we don't know what happened. Some, something happens where he starts running. And we don't know if it's he antagonized someone or what, what happened. We don't know. So he's running. One guy throws what looks like a, a plastic bag at his head. Um, <laughs> Kyle. Bag. No, it, it, it was. There, there was nothing in it. People claimed it was a Molotov cocktail, but there was nothing. In it. it was a plastic bag. He turns around uh, and he shoots this guy in the head, killing him on the scene. Wow. And so he does that. And then he... And this is all on video. So then he gets a, um, he calls someone on the phone saying like, oh my God, I just killed someone. And you can hear it on the video. And then he runs away. So now he's running away and all the protesters that see him, they're like, holy shit, this guy just killed somebody. somebody. So they're all running after him, trying to get him to stop. Cause you see a person that just killed someone running away. I'm you're going to try to stop them. Cause you don't know what happened. So he's now running away. And um, with protesters following him, he trips. Well, one guy kicks him in the face, tries to hit him with a skateboard. He shoots him in the stomach twice. He then falls over and dies. Then another person comes in. He has his hands up. He's trying to help him out, I guess. Whatever. He had a pistol. And then he shoots that guy in the hand. And um, that was the last of the the shooting. And then, then Kyle stands up starts walking towards the police with his hands up as if he's trying to give himself up or whatever there's clearly just a lot of shooting and everyone's saying that guy just killed him like everyone's saying that guy just did right. it and the police officers just drive by him and he actually eventually eventually goes home and then gives himself up two days later during the press conference like for the kenosha like police chief didn't he say like he was helping out or some shit like that like they applauded him for like helping out they 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 gave him water and everything like that like yeah the head of police um claimed saying because they claimed that it was like vigilante justice that he was helping out the community trying to defend the businesses from from these protesters um, which I mean, just like, so firstly, they luckily now he's getting charged with up to six different, um, six different As cases. Um, one is being, uh, unlawful, like kill, like killing somebody, right. um, unlawful execution. I don't, I don't know what the exact also, terms are. Sorry to cut you off, but being a vigilante is illegal. It's literally illegal. <laughs> and also he's 17 and he's not allowed to have an, an uh, assault rifle in public. So yeah. it's like. Even if you're like, like, even if you're like, oh, he was, he was defending, like, he, well, he shouldn't have been there. First like, of all, I don't, I think that the fact that he's 17 years old is irrelevant, um, because at 17, I knew I shouldn't be killing. People yeah, you know, you shouldn't be killing people. You should, you should know right and wrong. You should know that racism is wrong. You know what I mean? So 
the fact that he did this, and I'm sure people are going to be like, oh, he's just a 17-year-old kid. He made a mistake. They're going to try that shit. They're going to try it. But I think we need to throw the book at him uh, and try him as an adult. Trayvon Martin was 17. Trayvon Martin was 17. Tamir Rice was, what, 12? 12. 12, 13. Like, we, it's, it's like, because it it comes down to, to me, like, like, obviously people, like, there, it's so, like, all this, it comes down to the politics and politicizing of stuff. Right. Like, with this, like, like, once again, it shouldn't be politicized. Like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't kill people. Like, you shouldn't be going for, to a place looking for... He was probably looking for a fight. Like He was looking for the smoke. You, yeah, he's 17 years old, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go to this protest knowing that shit can get rowdy, and then I'm going to bring my exactly. biggest gun. Honestly. One that I shouldn't have even been having. Honestly, the energy... If you, if you come with a certain energy, if you're looking for a certain energy... You're going to find it. That No, that energy is going to find you. Yeah. So the fact that he was walking around with an AR... Oh, he found some smoke, and now he got to deal with the consequences of it. Mm-hmm. So I think they should try him to the fullest extent of the law. Um, not first degree, even though you could clearly tell it was premeditated. Yeah, you might lose that battle. Yeah, you will lose you if it's first, even though you could can, say we yeah, could definitely tell it's first, first degree, degree murder, murder, but definitely second degree mm-hmm. for all these charges. Because like, what what else would you be walking around with AR for? Mm-hmm. And at a protest, yeah, it's um because you're 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 in a place that I mean, like you didn't he he made the situation what it was like exactly because because I'm I'm assuming so these are this is once again where we don't have the information yet so we don't know what provoked it right but I'm telling you if you're there's it definitely wasn't just this 17 year old kid standing somewhere and he's the only one that got provoked. Exactly. Like let's say, like let's even say he was provoked by these protesters. Like there was probably like what 20, 30 other people. Like they all weren't. They all probably like I'm just guessing. I have no yeah. idea what happened. And then he was the one that ended up shooting these two people. Like just to somebody people. provoke you doesn't mean it doesn't mean you can kill them. You shoot, yeah, bro. Like why are you like? Because there's there's uh, there's gonna be other people there. And right. It's I, like I could even see if you want to get into a little little fisticuffs maybe, <laughs> but. Pulling out an AR, bro. Bringing bringing an AR somewhere, bro. For what? Yeah, because it's like, it's like when you see the police that they're like you militarize the police right. and like they got tanks. Well, it's like yeah, if you bring tanks to a protest, they people gonna, are going to start treating like you got tanks at a protest, exactly. and that's when things get more violent. Exactly. So it's like yeah, if you if you act in a way where you're you're expecting violence like you say right. like if you if you look dress the part like you want the smoke you're gonna find it because it's gonna find exactly. you exactly and so it's like if you went to the if you really wanted to defend businesses or whatever it is like you don't need like, you don't need all that yeah because you you didn't want you didn't want to protect businesses you wanted you, you wanted, wanted to, to go, give an excuse to kill because he wasn't standing outside of business when he killed people no. you know what i mean so i i just feel like you know people like the Police officers, they probably wouldn't have charged him if he didn't turn himself in. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, luckily there was a lot of video of it of yeah. him being so they probably would have been people. like, so he like would have been like, shit, we have to. Yeah, we got to. But like, what I'm hoping and I'm praying doesn't happen is we get another like Brock Turner situation where he gets a when he, he gets, gets a, a judge that's like, uh, he's oh, just he's, a kid. I want to ruin his life. I want to ruin his life. We'll give him, we'll give him like twenty hours of community but service. But he literally took life away. Yeah. Of two people, exactly, and wounded another, and once again, like I see people, 
I don't know what the allegations are and like what happened, right. but people bringing up what these people have done in the past. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right, right at that moment, he was just a black man, or he was right, just right at that moment, yeah. he was just another guy. Um, we got to stop trying to qualify people as criminals, trying to dehumanize people who get killed, because at the end of the day, they're people. You know what I mean, and. They deserve the everybody deserves the benefit of the doubt. Um, in these situations, mm-hmm. I'm not here to say whether or not you know he was a great guy, upstanding citizen. But in that moment, he wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that, and I think that's just my real issue with everything and how this stuff continues to play out and unfold. It's it's fucking whack, and mm-hmm. it has to stop. Yeah, we'll see how we'll see how the the justice system handles this. I mean, I don't think it. I, I hope have, that I hope that it, it it's handled correctly, but I do not. Think I don't have that much faith. Be. I have none, but I'm hope I'm like if you want to show that you're actually if you're Trying if you want to show yeah if you're showing that you want to change then let's see it. Let's start. Put your money where your mouth is. Let's start by uh, arresting all the cops that that do this shit instead of putting them on administrative leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially arresting the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be a great start. And then we can move on from there. But um, speaking of protesting and everything like that, you've seen uh, the pro sports leagues start yes. to boycott uh, competition or, or cancel practices and, and things like that. So um, me personally, I know I have mixed feelings about it. So I wanted to get your take on it. Yeah. Um, for me, so first, I know we mentioned this before the pod, yeah, but the people that I think do not get anywhere near as much credit for as what they they're doing is the WNBA. Is the WNBA? Because the WNBA, I mean, I know people joke about, oh, nobody watches the WNBA, uh, women's basketball is boring, whatever. However, cool. However, you may feel you about women's basketball, you can have your opinion. Actually, it's kind of lit. They be, they be yo, tough. like I, whoever be saying that, don't be watching. Because I started yeah. watching it the past few years. They'd be tough. Mm-hmm. But they have ever since um, the for, I can't ever I since, can't breathe. What was that? Twenty. Yeah, ever since I can remember, they have they have been on the forefront front lines of of everything. Uh, they they were doing this shit before Kaepernick was. Really, they were protesting using their platform to protest before Kaepernick. Uh, and people people use Kaepernick rightfully so as kind of like the 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 leader and the face of the movement as far yeah, as sports the social goes, justice movement. As far as sports goes. Yeah. But the WNBA has always been the forefront of this they they have from the beginning been unified no no break no breakage in the ranks like they all been presenting one message the whole league not just on a team by team basis mm-hmm. and and that's what we're seeing in these other leagues like shit it's not even team by it's person to person like how they decide to protest like i i'm happy that you're protesting but present a united front yeah, protests are only powerful when everyone does it. Exactly. The WNBA been united from day one. It's but even from even with it doesn't matter, like they've all been on the right side. Like they're black players, they're white players, they're they're international players. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. They all been like, Okay, how can we come together 
and really try and affect change. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's what the other leagues have failed at to this point. You know, it's it's really empowering to see that the one of the not one of the biggest women's athletic um maybe it's like that and i guess you could say like the wpga or right or whatever like the tennis maybe tennis, yeah maybe some that's like it's barely even a league um yes they're not teams it's individual sports yeah, tennis say. and golf are just yeah. like very individual. they're individual sports so you can't yeah. have as much unification and you really individual. don't know many of those players faces yeah because you really just know like Serena and Venus and maybe a couple of like uh Naima Naomi Okami the mm-hmm. her statement was very powerful too I did. actually I was, yeah I um but you really only know like five yeah where here it's so it's the big it's the biggest women's athletic right. um thing especially in the United States and to see that they're all unified in what they believe and that they're taking this this strong stance and like it was united. so po- yeah it was united and it was powerful seeing that they all had the seven the seven like, bullet, shot, holes, bullet holes, holes in the back of their shirts yep. like it's like they're they're standing up for what they believe in and I'm, i they need to get that um i guess like what do you want to call it like that that notific that notoriety notoriety for for doing something that is so important because uh it's it's so painful for me especially like working in sports i see like there are people like just, just there are people just like just play sports man just play the yeah, game shut up and dribble like oh man mm-hmm. first of all there have always been <laughs> there's always been like a, a link between society and sports because once you take off your jersey i said this before like as an athlete once you take off your jersey you you still a black man mm-hmm. or black woman at the end of the day yeah you know what I mean? Like, well, this is black athletes specifically. Like, when you specifically, like, you you on the track and you you, you off it, you're a black man mm-hmm. in America at the end of the day. We saw the um the news come out about the Toronto Raptors president, the black right. president, where he tried to go on the court. After the they secure- won the finals? After they won the finals. He's the president of the team that won the finals. He had his and credentials, too. He had his credentials, and he's getting shoved around by the security guard just because right. he's a black man. Just because he was black. It shows that it doesn't matter your role at the end of the day. You're still a black man in the society. A black man, a black woman. Exactly. And so it's like the one thing that really pissed me off about the like, hey, you're an athlete. I'm, I'm paying to watch the sport. I'm not paying to hear your political opinion. Right. It's like, well, you sell insurance. I'm not paying. To, I'm, we're, you're getting paid to sell insurance. You're not paid to tell your political opinion. Exactly. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> so right. it's like, why is it just because people want to watch me do my job? People want to watch me play basketball. People don't want to watch you file your taxes. Exactly. means that I can't have my political opinion, but you can. And I think it's crazy with with sports because the fans they'll be like they they love you on saturdays and sundays or whenever you play your games but as soon as you off the court like it's they back to that all lives matter shit like i remember the the mississippi state running back uh he threatened to sit out the season and like all the fans that was there cheering for him on on sundays Mm -hmm. i mean on saturdays they they had something to say on twitter Mm -hmm. and i'm just like if I was him, I would just be like, yeah, I would just sit sit out and and prepare for the draft because he is somebody that will be picked mm-hmm. pretty probably within the first two days of the draft. And it's even worse because like they don't even care when you on your team because if exactly. you have a bad game, some teams will oh they you'll switch get, up quickly. You'll get death threats from those exactly. same people that said, oh we love you, we oh love but you. but you dropped a pass, right? I hope you die. 
It's exactly. Like, it's like, wait a minute. So you don't care about me as a person. You don't even no. care about me as an athlete. You only care about me when I'm doing well for your team, and that's right. fucked up. So how do you feel about the way things have gone with the NBA over the past 48, 48 to 72 hours? It's... this. These are... Before you go, these are where my mixed emotions yeah, come tell, in. Well, tell go. me what you think about it first, and then I'll let you know. All right. So when everything went down, I heard, like, you know, first of all, the NBA, as, as far as, like, the bubble goes and everything like that, I want to preface it by saying they're doing a great fucking job mm-hmm. with the whole bubble thing and trying to just incorporate um, the movement into into their platform the and everything and like that. The jerseys, you, yeah. you see you – see, everybody making a statement like whenever they can they they turn their attention to it like i i know me personally like um i like to watch youtube a lot so i was watching like different players vlogs and from the bubble and they they were sitting in these meetings talking about okay so how can we really uh, like put attention on this like for me i i want to highlight kind of matisse matisse thibel and tobias mcgee also did one too um and Tobias Harris and Kyle O'Quinn from the Sixers, they all, like, from the day they got there and they started, like, vlogging the whole thing, like, it was, that was, like, a big part of it. Mm-hmm. So, and JaVale McGee did, he talked about it in his vlog, too. So, I just think that that's very important. But where my my issues start to come in is when they boycott, right? Nobody, Nobody's on the same page. When when the Bucks, I get it. The Bucks had emotions about the. Cause they were the first game the next day, like at one o'clock. They were right? the second game. Were they the second day, game? Okay. I think because I think somebody played. I think they were the first. Oh, game. they were so the, the first. The, the first game because mm-hmm. the Rockets were supposed to play after them, and at then five. the Lakers were supposed to finish it out. Yeah. Um. And they were playing the Magic, and the Magic sitting there on the court warming up, not knowing what's going on. And the Bucks just decide, okay, we're not playing. I have no problem with the fact that you're going to boycott, but if you're going to boycott, we should all boycott. You know what I mean? Because now the Magic looking crazy, everybody else looking crazy. And then I saw that LeBron had an issue with it too because he won, If he was, he didn't have a problem with the fact that they boycotted. It was more like the way that they did it. The way they did it. Like everybody, like nobody knew that they were going to do it. I don't think the Bucks knew that they were going to do it. And I just think that we got to find a way to get on the same page here. Yeah. It's um, because like with when it comes to boycotting and protesting and not participating in, you know, your sport, whatever it is that you're doing, like that's a big statement. That's like like let's not make light like that's a big thing. Like just to say, I am not going to play this game, and I'm, I'm in full support of it. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm saying like, yeah, it's a big thing. So when you decide not to play, you have to make sure everyone's on the same page. Yeah, I could see if they didn't want the league to know or whatever. Yeah, if all the teams were like, okay, at twelve o'clock, they all were like, all of us have decided we're not playing. But today. the Bucks, just one team. Like, yeah, the Bucks should have. They should have reached out to other players mm-hmm. on. On like maybe not even like everybody, not even get everybody together, but you, you, you're Giannis or you're George Hill or whatever. You, you make a phone call to, to LeBron, you're like the to, team captains to or Chris whatever, Paul, to Russell Westbrook and be like, all right, tell, tell your team, this is what we want to do. And, you know, take a vote. 
or whatever. And I'm sure everybody would have been on the same page with it because mm-hmm. they did decide everybody ended up boycotting. I want to know what happened in those meetings to make them say, all right, we're going to go back and play. Because yeah. what what can transpire in 48 hours that that would go from, oh, I'm not fucking playing to, all right, let's let's get back out there and try yeah. and get back on championship mode. Yeah, um, um, that's why I also wonder about the meetings was, was it that they decided to, like, were they thinking, hey, we're going to boycott the playoffs and never play again? Or was the point, I think like, we're just going to postpone it because we have a lot of emotions I think going they on. were getting ready to, like, shut down and leave the bubble. Yeah, like, then that, like, if you say, my, my idea would have been, uh, it would have been more understandable if it was like, hey, we're going to postpone the game today because we have way too many emotions going on and we can't handle doing this. Like that, that'd be one thing. Like I could get that. Right. And you want to still get everybody on the same page. But like, like once again, it's like everyone's got to be together with this thing. And I think, I think they wanted to hold the owners accountable because they had the the big call with the owners and everything like that with Michael Jordan kind of being, yeah, he was the person in between. He was the, uh, the liaison between the players and the owners because, former player owner black man all that mm-hmm. so here's my thing with the owners like you can you can get your media team to put out the big statements and all that you know that's great but when you when you need a stadium built or you need some something going on you have no hesitation to call whoever you need to call within the local government to get your your stadium or your updates made mm-hmm. Or get get your get your permits for whatever you need, but when you got these players who are bringing you all the revenue in the world, crying out for change, you act like your phone line dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's tough because it's like some of these um, like some of these owners. It's just like you may be you may have interest somewhere else, and so it's like. I mean, what, there's 30, 30 different 30 owners, owners or multiplied by the different sports. Like, there's a couple hundred owners of, of major sports. You know, I know not all of them are going to be thinking the same way. Like, many of them are going to have interest because, like, hey, like, this, you may support this, you know, politician. I'm not going to get into specifics because I uh, don't want to. But um, first of all, I just would like to say that a lot of, a lot of billionaires, they play both sides of the fence. Whatever, whatever is going to be, whatever way is more financial. Whatever, yeah, whatever way is, because they don't, they don't see red and blue. They see green. So, whoever is going to benefit their bottom line is what they're going to do. But at at a certain point, you gotta you gotta step out of that and be like, okay, what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what when you decide when you live your life based off of what's going to make you the most money, you're going to do a lot of things that aren't right. A lot of fucked up. Because shit. like, there's a lot of ways like where it's like, hey, if I if I just lie to this person and tell them what they want to hear, I know right. they'll give me money. Like, there's a lot of options. But if you when you start living your life where I'm gonna do what is morally correct and right. follows my god like my moral guidelines, like you're going to make the right kind of money. Right. I think you were you talked talked about in podcast before it's like you'd rather have like a clean million yep, than, than a unclean billion. billion or whatever like, it's that same that's my thing. like i really and i really believe that like of course money is something that drives me because who doesn't who doesn't want yeah, to doesn't want to get paid live live well and mm-hmm. and and have a lot of money but i'm completely okay with being like a normal last millionaire but i know that i could sleep at night knowing that 
I got this money the right way than, you know, taking unlimited, unlimited money. You know what I mean? And but you you got a bunch of shady shit going on in the background. Like, yeah, knowing that you may have you probably you might have hurt people. You might have people. People, people got lost killed because of you. Yeah. Like you, knowing these conditions that. that you got people working in. Not the not the greatest. Yeah. Like you're, you're taking money from people that can't afford to give it to you because mm-hmm. you're just like, hey, you know what? I need this tax break to put my new building exactly. over here. And I don't care that you live in this community. You got to get the fuck out because I'm putting like my new building here. It's like that. Like, well, how are you gonna feel knowing that person? You know, that family's now stuck on the street because of you. Yeah. Like that doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't seem right to me. But yeah, it's um real fucked up situation, and I, I don't. I'm I'm hoping that the league and that the players involved like find a unified message, much like the WNBA did. Right. Where they were all unified with something. It shows you how unified they were and how disorganized the NBA the was. Because I guarantee was. you, if this was the that was a, I don't know exact I can't remember exactly what happened if the WNBA had games that day. But I guarantee you if that if the WNBA was in that same situation, they wouldn't have played it like that. They they would have if one team said that they wasn't playing, nobody was playing. Yeah. And it would have been at the exact same time. It wouldn't have been like when LeBron wait he he said like, Yeah, I was taking my nap when I found out. That yeah. Like, I'm not about to sit here. Like how for people feel whatever way they want to feel about LeBron. Obviously, mm-hmm. people who listen know how me and you feel about LeBron. Yeah. But for for them to decide to say, okay, we're not playing without running it by him. <laughs> the face of the league. Without running it by the big dog. Come on now. You can't do that. No. You telling me no one could knock on his door? Right. No one was no one was like You know I'm good. Like <laughs> Yeah. Come on now. Nobody called us nothing. Not a single one. Also, I just want to say fuck Pat Bev cuz I heard he was in the meeting cutting up <laughs> talking to Michelle Roberts all crazy. I was saying like I I, I, pay, uh, your I pay your salary like, or whatever. First mm-hmm. of all, you the worst starting point guard in the NBA. Shut your dumb ass up. Like what what did I have to do with anything? Like what are you helping accomplish right now? Yeah, I think it, I think those like those like leaks that came out of the conversation yeah. shows how unorganized it was. Because yeah. there's a lot of different there were so many I can't yeah. that was the one that I heard. So many different stories. Like, Apparently LeBron walked out after he said what he had to say, which is which is cool because like he I said what I had to say, and at this point y'all still going in circles, so I'm just going to leave. Mm-hmm. Which I which I which I respect. It's, it's actually kind of funny because they were like LeBron walked out the meeting and got on 2K. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm done with this shit, man. Like I'm playing games. When, when when y'all figure something out, let me know. Yeah, Holland, my, my phone's up. Don't don't catch me napping next time. Let me, yeah. Let's figure this out. But it's like, yeah, they need to get this unified message of what what they're gonna do going forward. Um, and it's like, yeah, stand by it. Because I remember you yeah. saying that's something that you didn't be like, hey, if we're if we're boycotting, we're boycotting. Yeah, because we ain't coming back. But right. if it's like a we're protesting because we're too emotionally or yeah we need we need i think their biggest thing was we need assurance from our owners that they will do more you know what i mean so i think that's the case i feel like at this point you know they should they're all well the top guys they they got enough resources to where they can cut the middleman and start making these calls themselves you know what Mm -hmm. i mean but I do see why they would need their owners, and 
kind of because they do have the relationships with the with these people you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah uh i mean you don't you don't get to be a billionaire without having some type of connections to like, the government it doesn't it's like you, you just don't like so all of these people have power to get get things changed in, in yeah, one level or another because you don't make believe, a million without best believe once you get to a certain status the government gonna come knocking on your door <laughs> they're gonna be like oh what y'all doing in there what's up <laughs> y'all got, like listen if y'all, you want to y'all got you, 50 yep i need that meal now listen if you if you want to keep on doing doing shit the way you're doing we gotta we gotta scratch each other back mm-hmm. so they build these relationships and they use these relationships for everything else except for like something that's gonna benefit people yeah you see like people be getting you know owners be getting tax breaks for making yeah. their arenas and yeah tax for destroying like it's like hey if you're, you're getting all this stuff like how about we translate that into um you know ways we can positively affect the society some reform um, i can say i know because it's a I work for the company but i know that the sixers have announced that the the ownership is going to be donating like supporting like 10 to 20 million dollars into mm-hmm. uh underprivileged areas the, the the cities that we were in which is um camden philadelphia and they own the devil so it's in new york as well so it's great to see like hey right. they're trying to they're putting their money they're literally putting their money where their mouth is where it's like okay i said this i have money. a little bit of pushback on that though Go so ahead. once you donate money then what you can yeah. you can always say oh yeah we donated this much but like what specific action did you take to actually make it better because anybody can write a check yeah. throw some money in a box so know? they're doing they're they're also doing some more um, I know they they're committed to uh, other community outreach uh, I know they have plans on building um, lower income housing in the state in the city of Philadelphia um, and doing other you know other community outreach programs um, with different facilities and, and centers so like there's there's a lot and those ones don't get as much play right. play but um, being in those meetings when they're talking about it and like hearing like hey we we really are committed we want to help it, it's it's nice to hear because it's like you're a billionaire like what the the life that I go through is nothing like the About life that with, you go yeah. through and hearing that you want to try to support us and and the the communities that need it I mean I'm I'm hoping that you're it comes that I'm day. hoping that it comes through so we'll see yeah. cuz it's a 5 year plan so I'm hoping when we come back to this conversation in, in 5 years we, it's we're like look look at the great things that we've done because right. it's like uh it's 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 major because it's these are affecting a lot of people's lives it's definitely major but um this is definitely something that i don't see getting like fully healed in Never. my lifetime no. you know what i mean but hopefully for my kids kids and their kids i i do i would like to see like a better world you know what i mean um so i think it's a good place to kind of wrap it yeah um i want to want to say thank you for coming on thanks for having and, me. and doing this you know um one day i guess me and you could you know me you josh and some other people could kind of sit down and have mm-hmm. a discussion about like all right so what can we do you know and from our position to really help because you know we already doing one thing taking a step we we using our platforms and uh, i think that's very important but you know there's always more Mm-hmm. So we could talk about that. Um, but yeah, so hopefully um, y'all took something from this episode. Thank y'all for staying tuned. Um, you know, give us a like, comment, um, share it, and download it too. 
You know don't that? forget the download. Don't forget that's the crucial, download because that's 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 how you really benefit our algorithms. Mm-hmm. So um, we appreciate you. Um, appreciate you for coming on, Colin. Thanks, bro. Um, and we will see y'all on Wednesday for the regularly scheduled socially distant podcast. Peace. Peace. Far too many of you die. You know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Father, Father, we don't need to escalate. You see, war is not the answer for only love. Don't punish me with brutality Talk to me so you can see